0: If you're ever out doing something dangerous like scuba diving or skydiving, it's always a good idea to listen to what the experts are telling you before you jump in. But my guest this week learned that if you're scuba diving with sharks, it probably doesn't pay to be too curious about them, no matter what little tidbit of info you just learned about them. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place. And the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible.
1: With Keith Conrad.
0: You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person who has a downright biblical story to tell is Michael Packard from Massachusetts. Mr. Packard was swallowed by a whale.
1: Got a whale of a tale to tell you, lads. Whale of a tail or two About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved On nights like this with the moon about Whale of a tail and it's all true I swear by my tattoo
0: Packard was minding his own business just diving for lobsters off of Massachusetts when all of a sudden he said he felt a shove and everything just went black. Initially, Packard thought he was inside of a great white shark but he couldn't feel any teeth or anything and he hadn't suffered any obvious wounds.
1: You know the thing about a shark he said? lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's
0: eye." He estimated he was inside the whale for about 30 to 40 seconds before it finally surfaced. And then when the whale got to the surface, it just started shaking its head from side to side, and eventually Packard came sliding right out. Turns out it wasn't a shark, it was a humpback. You gotta find some humpbacks. Humpback people? Wales, Mr. Scott Wales. Of course, you'd already be well aware of Mr. Packard's Whale of a Tale if you visited KeithConradMedia.com and sign up for my free email newsletter, The New SideQuest. Everybody's doing it, and frankly, they're starting to talk about the fact that you haven't yet. My guest this week is Bryce Conlon. Bryce is a speaker, author, podcaster in his own right, and he's the founder of Narrative Advantage, which helps businesses get their story out there in the world. And he has his own story to tell. Bryce, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Oh, Keith, it's my pleasure. Absolutely.
0: And you're the founder of Narrative Advantage. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the work that, that you do.
1: You know, it's it's interesting work. Um, we've, we've realized over the years that story is fundamental to absolutely every part of being human. Mm-hmm. And um, businesses don't really do story very well Um, leaders don't do story very well their own story the stories of their teams they don't coax it out of the the people that work for them Uh, organizationally we don't do very well with story you know we invent them but we don't necessarily discover what's there and so really the narrative advantage is just about helping um, organizations through the people that are part of the organization discover their individual stories and then collectively their narrative to gain a foothold in the marketplace. So that's a very, very, very condensed version, and hopefully that made sense.
0: Uh, it, it did make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, speaking of, of story, this is the, the Greatest Story Ever podcast. I've had some some high-seas adventures uh, already in, uh, you know, my, my 50 or so episodes, but uh, this is the the first story that will actually have a close encounter with a shark, so I'm very excited about it
1: yeah well it was very exciting so i had a really interesting upbringing um in the sense that while my family is from connecticut you know that's kind of the place of my origin i live in illinois now but i didn't grow up in connecticut i actually my parents were teachers in the american international schools uh, abroad they they first they as newlyweds they worked at the american school in paris Uh, a few years later They ended up in uh, Islamabad, Pakistan. I'm sorry. They went to Kuwait next, uh, the American school in Kuwait City. Then they went to Islamabad in Pakistan. We came home for a couple of years. And then um, when I was five, we moved to Qatar, which is a tiny, some people, most people know where it is now. Some don't, but it's this tiny little uh, peninsula that sticks off uh, of Saudi Arabia into Mm -hmm. the Persian Gulf. And that's where I grew up so 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 before
0: world. you were even an adult your your suitcase already had plenty of stickers on it.
1: Uh, I was a backpack kind of guy, so no, oh, okay. my suitcase didn't have stickers. I had patches though. I sewed a lot of patches on, so yeah, in premise, same deal yeah um, yeah, same idea so you know when you when you're when you grow up in a different country from where you live, there's always travel, right? and so like school would end because again, my folks are teachers, so they had summer off and so we'd always kind of on we take summers and we would come back to the states and you know i'd see my grandparents and we'd hang out on our lake house and whatever and um but getting back it was such a long flight that we'd often would break it up and sometimes we'd you know go someplace really close by sometimes we'd go somewhere in the middle like we'd go from qatar to london to new york right and then we'd drive back to connecticut sometimes we'd go from Qatar to South Africa to New York, right? Like we just kind of stop mm-hmm. off. So I got to see a lot of the world. And when I was, I'm guessing about 14, uh, I'm, I'm sure I've repressed some of this memory. So. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was about 14, I think uh, we ended up in Oman, which is another uh, another Arab nation. Mm-hmm. And Oman is just, it's really beautiful. And we went on a scuba trip. That's what we did. My dad is like a nutty scuba diver um, and he does nothing halfway. So he's actually a dive master instructor. So he's the guy who can now teach other dive masters how to, uh, it's crazy. Wow. He doesn't do anything halfway. And so anyway, we end up in Oman on this dive vacation and you do all these dives. When you go on a dive vacation, it's like you do two or sometimes three of them a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it gets really exhausting. And in some ways, to be honest, it can be, it can get a little, a little boring. Um, which sounds absurd to say out loud, but it's true. Um, you just keep going under the water. You see some stuff, you come up, right?
0: Well, now, now I'm really into uh, into ships, uh, the uh, Titanic s- specifically. Have you done any any cool uh, shipwreck diving, like Truck Lagoon or or anything like that?
1: I have not. So I haven't, honestly, I have not been scuba diving since this incident.
0: I, I can see uh, why that would be a little <laughs> scarring, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I haven't been in, I haven't. I still swim in the ocean, you know, when I'm around it, but um, I have not been scuba diving since this happened. And um, but I have done some cool wreck dives, not ships per se, but um, artificial reefs where they sink, you know, they'll sink oh, yeah. some cars yeah. or some buses, and you kind of go and poke around in there. Um, so those are always cool and, and neat. But this time we're, you know, we're in Oman, and Oman is just it's beautiful. It's a really cool country, and we're right on the coast. Um, the water was warm. And we're out on this little boat, and this must have been like day three, of our dives. And um, the dive master says, "Okay, you know, so if you've never if you've never been scuba diving, here's what you need to know. You, they take you out on a boat, and there's someone called the dive master, and this is a guy or gal who knows the area. Mm-hmm. They've been on this dive a dozen times, a hundred times, and they can kind of tell you what to expect. You know, if there's anything to watch out for, if there's Anything to be aware of, and so they kind of brief you before you go into the water. And the dive master said, "Okay, there there are sharks in these waters. Um, generally, they're harmless. And and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I want to see a shark. Like, who doesn't want to see a shark? What 14 year old boy doesn't want to see a shark? Yeah,
0: especially, right? yeah,
1: yeah. And then the dive master adds, and this was their mistake, their fatal, their fatal mistake." He said, um, yeah, and their skin is really cool. If you stroke it going from head to tail, it feels like silk. But if you stroke them from tail to head, it feels like sandpaper. And as a 14 year old boy, somehow that sounded like an invitation to pet the sharks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i yeah, I could see that, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just ask just asking for it, basically
1: yeah, it totally was, and looking back on it, it's like that's not what this dive master was saying, but that is what I heard. So we go on this dive and we're you know kind of swimming along, and things are cool, and uh I turn and I, and I look to my left now I was with my mom and my dad, too there were three mm-hmm. of us, um, and just to set the scene, you have to understand what diving with the three of us was like my dad I told you already was he's kind of a perfectionist well mm-hmm. <laughs> he is a perfectionist um, in the sense that he does everything by the book if you you have to go down to 42 feet he's stopping at 41.75 because he wants to make sure he's in the safe range like he's very very careful uh, thoughtful and <laughs> probably the reason that my mother and I are still alive mm-hmm. my mom uh, she's not that. She's in, in many ways the opposite. She's not at all aware of her surroundings when she's diving. She uh, would swim in front of you with her big fins. She'd kick you in the face. She'd knock your mask off. She'd, you know, pop the regulator out of your mouth. She's always swimming off on her own. She's the opposite of, of my dad in, in that regard. Uh, and I'm somewhere in the middle, right? Which I guess biologically makes sense. Yeah. So we're we're swimming along, and uh, my mom's out in front because she's always out in front. My dad was in the back, making sure that you know we're, we stay alive and we're following the rules. And I look to my left and I see a shark, kind of sitting, you know, resting—not really sitting, but very slowly moving um, on kind of the sandy bottom patch in otherwise rocky uh, terrain. And so it really mm-hmm. stood out, and I make a beeline for this thing because again. If you stroke it from head to tail, it feels like silk. I mean, invitation, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pet this thing. I'm petting this thing. This is like, Mom, can, it's followed me home. Can we keep it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I swim over to it, and the shark kind of comes off, up off the bottom. Now, I, I got a full disclosure, I don't know what kind of shark it was. Uh, it was either a leopard shark or a nurse shark. I know that one of those is really dangerous, and one of them is not, and I, mm-hmm. I can't remember which it was. Um, <laughs> and so I, I swim over to this thing, and it kind of comes off, off the bottom, and that's cool with me. Like it, I'm not. It's fine, uh, and it kind of starts swimming. And I, of course, take my glove off, and as it swims by me, I I put my hand out, uh, right behind its the gills and, and near the head, and it swims by, and I just let my hand run all the way down to the tail. And it, it by it is by the way, it's true. It feels like silk. It's the coolest, smoothest feeling. Um, it's just a really neat experience and to feel the muscle on this animal like it's just pure muscle and that mm-hmm. was the moment when I Started to second-guess my decision So There I am with the shark and I'm like all right. I did it. I pet the shark It was cool. I have a story to tell
0: hmm
1: It's time to go and I turn myself around to swim away and, and there is another shark now that is there. There are now two sharks.
0: Well, he and, just wants to be petted. that That's what's happening <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. He, he, doesn't,
0: he doesn't want his buddy having all the fun. He,
1: he likes the scritches too. Yeah, he yeah. wants the pets. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so there's the second shark now. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's neat. Now there's two sharks. All right, fine. I'm st- It's still not registering in my, you know, fourteen year old brain that this might, it, it, we may be transitioning into a dangerous situation. That still hasn't clicked yet. And as I start to swim off, um, or try to swim off, there's a third shark that shows up. I don't know where it came from. I hadn't seen them before. But now there's three sharks, and they actually start swimming. You know, if if you remember the old cartoons that you used to watch as a kid. Where you know someone's in the water and the shark starts drawing a circle around them uh, evidently that's not made up that happens and <laughs> suddenly I'm in the middle of these three sharks that are circling me and uh, I'm cut off from my family my, my mom is off like chasing some sea turtle right and my dad is maybe fifteen feet away and the sharks are swimming between me and him and now it's starting to click that all right this this is not really where I want to be. like I don't feel like I can get away, and I don't mm-hmm. know if i if I swim is that like do you swim away or do they chase? you know, or do you just kind of move slowly? Should I move fast? like I don't know. I don't know anything about these sharks, except that now they're circling me, and head to tail, they feel like silk <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I mean like if you run into a bear, I know they they say you know i I think they say don't run away." Uh, Because because the bear will chase after you, but but yeah, you don't know uh, if a shark is going to react the same way.
1: Well, some bears see that's and that's where this gets complicated because I know this. I happen to know this about bears: is some bears will chase after you if you run. Mm -hmm. Some bears will leave you alone if you just kind of roll up in a ball and play dead. They'll bat you around for a minute and they're fine. Uh, And some, if you startle them, uh, they'll charge. And some, if you startle them, they'll run away. Right. So there's like all these nuances. So you have to n- not only know like generally about bears, but you have to know like what kind of bear is it? Um, so that's all going through my head. As I'm yeah. Watching and nobody sharks. ever
0: tells you, hey, this shark will come after you and this shark will run away. And yeah, it, that, that's not I, as much sh- as many shark weeks if I've, as I've watched on the Discovery Channel. Even I don't know that.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And again, Thinking back to what the dive master maybe should have told us about that probably would have been one of those things, but head to tail feels like sail, tail to head feels like sandpaper. Okay, fine. Um, so there we are. So now I'm being circled by these you know these three sharks. I don't know anything about them. I'm not. It's starting to click. I'm starting to you know breathe a little more erratically. My heart's starting to pump, and then the sharks start actually getting aggressive. Where at first they were just circling. Um, they were keeping their distance. They were maybe six, seven feet away uh, from me as they're circling. And every so often, um, the one that was behind me. So I could see two, and then there was one that was always behind me uh, as they were swimming in a circle. And the one that was would was behind me would start to swim up and like crash into me with its nose. Mm. You know, it was like knocking me. It was like pushing me. Um, and this happened two or three times. Now I'm going, okay, this is no longer fun. Like, silky or not, I am not having a good time. Um, and as a scuba diver, it's not like you're armed. You, I guess you could be. Um, but you have, a, you have a knife that's used to basically untangle yourself from fishing line if you get caught in a net or some, you know, a fisherman's line. So I got like a four-inch knife and I'm going... Do I stab the shark? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to stab the shark. Does that piss him off? Probably, <laughs> you know? And my dad is, I find out later, he's on he's on the other side uh, having the same thought. He's like, all right, I have a four-inch knife. Like, do I pull it out and just go for this? Like, we don't know what to do. And so my dad is kind of starting to swim in slowly, admittedly, because not wanting to startle the sharks or, you know, or get anybody upset and i'm starting to you know drift out or swim out as slowly so you know with, with some as much haste as i can manage without like full bore kicking because mm-hmm. uh, again i don't know do they chase i'm not sure and it just kind of it was it was like a you know the the shootout scene in a movie right where you just like everything's tense and nobody wants to like move dramatically and like mm-hmm. cause the cops to start firing and the bad guy to start firing it's just that that is just the tension in the in the standoff and uh enough time passed that i got was able to get kind of outside the circle and the sharks maybe lost interest or didn't feel threatened anymore and um yeah they like i got outside the circle and kind of swam away and didn't look back like i, I was totally fine not (laughs) not (laughs) petting another shark and it was just a really kind of scary experience and um you know went on with the the dive and it was and it was okay um but it really didn't set in like even though it was scary when they were circling it really didn't set in until we got topside we got above the water and as soon as we pop up for air my dad I, i saw um he didn't have to say anything for me to know exactly how he was feeling and i just saw like the trauma Um, on his face you know when he pulled his mask off of thinking you know wondering is this it like is am I going to watch my son get you know pulled apart by sharks and um that was the last time I was scuba diving yeah thus (laughs) ended your
0: (laughs) thus ended your scuba diving career
1: you know it it wasn't necessarily yeah it did but not necessarily because I was you know afraid to get back in the water um part of it part of it is i I just have to be very careful with how i dive anyway um, Mm -hmm. because i i have a hearing impairment Uh, i'm deaf uh, 90 percent deaf in my left ear Mm -hmm. and um, when you you go under that much water there is substantial pressure and you can damage your hearing you know if you if you aren't careful and so after that i just i took it easy i had you know some ear stuff congestion so i stayed out of the water for that and then we moved back to the states uh, so we weren't in, you know, we weren't near the ocean. We, you know, couldn't get on a quick plane flight and within 30 minutes, you know, be in a tropical, you know, at a tropical reef. And so yeah. a lot of it was more proximity uh, and circumstance than anything else. And I would go back in the water, although I, I think I've, I've learned just leave the
0: wildlife be and you and you know that a shark is is silky if you if you pet it uh, head to tail and uh sandpapery if you if you go the other way so i mean what else do you need to know about sharks really
1: yeah i'm not sure i mean you you can learn most of what you need to know from the discovery channel and just for any listeners out there today as a disclaimer and a you know a liability waiver um this is not an invitation to invite you to go and pet sharks (laughs) if you see them um in the wild, yeah. Good good. Wild good. animals are wild for a reason.
0: Yeah, know. good good uh good life lesson. Don't pet the sharks. Don't pet just, the just sharks. don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to uh, keep your wits about you uh in a in a tense situation. And uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. My pleasure, Keith. It's uh hopefully it's a good one. If you think you can top Bryce's story, shoot me an email at greatest story ever podcast at gmail.com. dot